Chapter 92 There can no longer be any doubt. With all the power and the terror of Satan, the reign of the triumphant King of Israel is approaching our unregenerate world. The King born from the blood of Zion, the Antichrist, approaches the throne of universal power. Sergei Nihilus, Epilogue to the Protocols The idea was acceptable. We had only to consider who had introduced the Protocols in Russia. One of the most influential Martinists at the end of the century, Papus, dazzled Nicholas II during his visit to Paris, then went to Moscow, taking with him one Philippe Nizier Anselm Vachot. Possessed by the devil at the age of six, healer at thirteen, magnetizer in Lyon, Philippe fascinated both Nicholas II and his hysterical wife. He was invited to court, named physician of the Military Academy of St. Petersburg, made a general and a counselor of state. His enemies decided to diminish his influence by setting against him an equally charismatic figure, and Nihilus was found. Nihilus was an itinerant monk who, in priestly habit, wandered in the forests, what else, displaying a prophet's great beard, two wives, a little daughter, an assistant, or lover perhaps, all hanging on his every word. Half guru, the kind that runs off with the collection plate, and half hermit, the kind that yells that the end is near, he was in fact obsessed by the Antichrist. The plan of Nihilus's supporters was to have him ordained, and then, after he married, what was another wife, more or less, Elena Alexandrovna Ozierova, the Tsarina's maid of honor, to have him become the confessor of the sovereigns. "'I'm anything but a bloodthirsty man,' Belbo said, "'but I begin to feel that the massacre of Tsarskaya Selo was perhaps a justifiable extermination of vermin.' Anyway, Philippe's supporters accused Nihilus of leading a lewd life, and God knows they were right. Nihilus had to leave the court, but at this point someone came to his aid, handing him the text of the protocols. Since everybody got the Martinists, who derived from St. Martin, mixed up with the Martinesists, followers of Martinez Pasqualis, whom Alieso dislikes, and since Pasqualis, according to a widespread rumor, was Jewish, by discrediting the Jews the protocols also discredited the Martinists, and with the discrediting of the Martinists, Philippe was booted out. Actually, a first incomplete version of the Protocols had already appeared in 1903, in Znamya, a St. Petersburg paper edited by a rabid anti-Semite named Khrushchevan. In 1905, with the approval of the government censors, a complete text anonymously appeared under the title The Source of Our Evils, edited by one Butmi, who with Khrushchevan had founded the Union of the Russian People, later known as the Black Hundreds, which enlisted common criminals to carry out pogroms and extremist right-wing acts of violence. Butmi later published, under his own name, further editions of the work, with the title The Enemies of the Human Race, Protocols from the Secret Archives of the Central Chancellery of Zion. But these were cheap booklets. An expanded version of the Protocols, the one that was to be translated all over the world, came out in 1905, in the third edition of Nihilus's book The Great in the Small, the Antichrist is an imminent political possibility, Tsarskoye Solo, under the aegis of a local chapter of the Red Cross. The scope was broader, the framework that of mystical reflection, and the book ended up in the hands of the Tsar. The Metropolitan of Moscow ordered it read aloud in all the churches of the city. But what, I asked, is the connection between the protocols and our plan? We keep talking about these protocols. Should we read them? Nothing could be simpler, Diotalevi said. There's always someone who reprints them. 
Publishers used to do it with a great show of indignation, purely out of a sense of duty to make available a historical document. Then little by little they stopped apologizing and reprinted it with unrepentant pleasure. What genteel Gentiles!